Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your free guy. Uh, I'm not your buddy, friend. Today I'm not your we friend, are... <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Remember that joke, everyone? Member? Member? That's another South Park reference, member berries. Um, this movie has a little bit of member, uh, but today we're reviewing <laughs> Sean Levy's Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds as the titular free guy, uh, Jodie Comer, uh, uh, Comer, Comer, yeah. Comer, 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 Comer. Yeah. Um, uh, Lil Ray Howery, uh, uh, Joe Keery, Taika Waititi, uh, and more. Uh, Eric, how you doing? Well, Matt, I'm in a soundproof booth and it's starting to get warm in here. I wasn't, I'm going to have to take off my shirt soon. (laughs) Oh my God. Like I didn't, like I knew that because I I normally. We referenced this, Eric's in a new soundproof booth. We did reference this in our review of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which you guys can go listen to right now, our review. Or I'm just gonna uh, have to like change. Yeah, it's like, just, just so you gotta put like right a, a fan or like you gotta wear like an ice vest, like the Olympians. Are yeah, doing like it, it kind of feels like you know an Ace Ventura too when he's in the Rhino, and like the fan breaks and he's literally like just getting so hot to the point of he just has yeah. to crawl out of the Rhino. I'm not saying. I mean, I could just open the door. Probably just open the door. But um, I am just really really hot right now man that's how i, I feel imagine it looks like uh yeah it looks like it could get sweaty in there but yeah um you got a, maybe a little fan i don't know like a little you wear like an ice pack on your head or something or I like don't a know, towel but... like a wet towel yeah you, i could see you being a towel guy you know just a well, person who has a... well, remember when like um you know um, when we went to tiff um sure for, like the first couple of years when we knew each other you know we got invited to parties or things like that i would bring a towel to some things because i was so sweaty because it was basically like Craig Robinson, Robinson and, and, and yeah. this is the end. Yeah, which I think he literally does too because he just says he's just such as – I'm a sweaty person too, Smart Eric. man. He knows um, what he's doing. This is the sweat cast <laughs> instead of <laughs> the, the sweaty Sean Levy's free guy. Um, <laughs> Eric, um, is this the best video game movie ever made? Uh, you know what, Matt? That is an excellent question. Um what is what can be considered a video game movie because this is heavily inspired by video games but it's not an adaptation of any although well the cool kid answer is always something like king of kong fistful of quarters or indie game the movie which are documentaries about video games or the making of video games or they're not competitions i know that documentaries aren't real we've we've talked about this many times on the show um Documentaries are very real movies. I Matt's know. just they're joking. the most. They're the most real. That's the um, joke, everyone. But <laughs> it's I about honestly, we, we we've talked about this so much. Um, but more recently, I would say that there is a champion of uh, video game adaptations, and that is uh, Josh Rubin's Werewolves Within. Mm-hmm, Again, mm-hmm. a very sort of loose adaptation yeah, uh, of a game that's not just a video game. But anyway. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe in second place would be the Alicia Vikander version of Tomb Raider, which also you know is based on a very popular video game, but kind of feels more like a generic action adventure movie with a great movie star in the lead role that is closer to Indiana Jones than it is maybe the source material. Although the source material was probably inspired by Indiana. 
Indiana Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And and you could argue that this movie is a, a literal adaptation of Grand Theft Auto Online um, or Fortnite. We mentioned when we were talking off air, but like mostly Grand Theft Auto Online. So um, when Grand Theft Auto Five came out, um, which one was Vice City? Was that four? Oh God, no, uh, that was three. That was the eighties. No, G- no one, GTA. Right? So it went. There was two Grand Theft Auto games for the original PlayStation. One was in London. Um, or that might have been a spinoff and then they were like that top down view and then the big thing was grand theft auto 3 uh for playstation uh 2 and then they did two spinoffs from that grand theft auto vice city and grand theft auto san andreas and both of those games were awesome because they had like big actors in them and vice city was in the 80s in miami and it was fucking dope um and then you got into grand theft auto 4 and then which was pretty decent and then grand theft auto 5 which had multiple characters that you played as um but there was an online mode for the first time which was grand theft auto online and that thing has been massive since the release of that game like i don't even when did grand theft auto five come out and because i remember three out. was kind of the 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 big kind of tipping point right like that was where a lot of people were buying that game yeah no i agree it was a huge my my mouse isn't working now but you can still hear me in this oh yeah i can hear you right? yep, yep. weird I, I don't know if i'm gonna be able to stop it though maybe i'll turn my uh mouse off and then turn it back on i don't know what's going on <laughs> anyways uh yeah this you could argue is an adaptation uh, like not a literal one because they didn't get the rights to grand theft auto online but it is very much that game um anyways take it away eric what's well, also i mean if we're if we're talking about disney movies i think another Disney film is the Wreck-It Ralph movies, which is also kind of playing in the same milieu of, you know, referencing classic video game characters, but also creating a world onto itself. But you also know that it's based or inspired by, uh, you know, classic video games that, you know, people have played. Um, Mm -hmm. Matt's more of a video game person than I'll I bring am. that element in yeah it, so he'll yeah. know the terminology a lot better than than I will uh, I watch twitch streams Eric so I know what I'm talking Matt's a professional <laughs> but essentially what you have here is Ryan Reynolds plays a bank teller plays Ryan Reynolds a, a, a blue shirt wearing bank teller who does the same thing day and he's day a non-playable out. character an NPC yeah I, I was getting to that but the uh, I almost feel like that even though it's in the trailer is almost the way that the movie plays is almost kind of like the first kind of plot reveal of the film where, well, I think that's what the movie is, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the idea that you have this character who is, is basically an almost like a groundhog day kind of situation living the same day over and over again, you know, the mundanity of waking up, getting a coffee, going to work, talking to your best friend, and then, going home, going to bed, waking up and doing the same thing over and over and over again and not really knowing why you're doing that again and kind of being stuck in this routine and just basically living your whole life to serve not only others um, as we we come to know, um, but have no real function outside of that. And then, as you mentioned, you know, it's revealed that uh, Ryan Reynolds's guy um, is a non-playable character in 
Free an City. online video game. Yeah, in yeah. Free City, which as we come to- Is Grand Theft Auto online. <laughs> yeah, which we come to learn is Grand Theft Auto with a little bit of Fortnite and then also you know references to John Carpenter's They Live because uh, as the story progresses, uh, Guy uh, obtains a pair of glasses from a actual gamer, like a player, a, a live person on the other end, and is able to see sort of um, you know health and and sort of the 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 actual game instead of just this world he's living yeah, in. yeah and and with that it opens up this whole new avenue for him and then on the other side of of the screen you have these computer programmers working for tsunami not not to be confused with the actual video game empire uh tsunami right like it's actually are you thinking Ubisoft or? Well, I thought there was something that was called Tsunami that was like a video game company because it's called mm. because this one is actually literally called like soon, like as in coming soon, Tsunabi. Uh, video game company. I don't know which one you're referencing, but. Because I swear that there was a video game company that was like similar sounding to. There's Tsunami Games, which was a. Um... American video game developer and publisher founded in 1991 by former employees of Sierra Entertainment. They made a couple games, but like sort of small in the 90s for the most part and some interactive movies and stuff like that. So maybe that's what it's a reference to. Right. Um, But I mean, you referencing Ubisoft is also, again, like that's kind of what it's going for, this conglomerate, basically. And it's run by Taika Waititi's, you know, troll who we learn – you know, is not only There's Activision Blizzard, so maybe Blizzard Tsunami, I don't know. Right. Environmental things. YTT's character, you know, runs and operates this company and treats his employees um rather poorly. And then on top of that, we very also... accurate to the video game industry. Sure. Right. And then we also learn that he um, you know, might have stolen um sort of these uh algorithms and and programming that these two indie gamers uh have developed and sort of you know them trying to expose ytt's character uh throughout but then we go back into uh free city as ryan reynolds sort of algorithm or ai becomes more aware more omnipresent um he begins developing feelings for a gamer um Molotov girl who's played by uh, Jody uh, Comer in both Comer, the yeah. real world and in the digital world. She's just kind of like, it, it, again, you know, references to the Truman show, um, Lego movie, Lego movie, wreck it, Ralph, they live yeah. um, even cable guy. Like I almost feel that Ryan Reynolds acts more like Jim Carrey's character in cable guy, but in the world of the Truman show. Sure. Um, yeah. If, if that makes any sense because of how sort of over the top and heightened he is as a, as a personality, but the MacGuffin of the movie and sort of the story is that he is going to be working with her to basically uncover and expose, uh, Tsunabi and, and expose Taika Waititi's character. They just need to get this one file that will basically mm-hmm. say that show yeah, that they stole their code and are illegally using it in free city. Yeah. yeah. And essentially throughout the film, you get a lot of, sort of sometimes clever sometimes obvious nods to sort of video game style action set pieces and um cgi uh augmentation and enhancements and sort of how characters interact with one another um i think the best stuff of this movie is that where like the way that it can kind of cut away from either inside free city back out to the real world and we see the cgi version of uh ryan reynolds player or other players or just the 
incorporation of the CGI that's kind of obviously um, not realistic in any way, but works for the aesthetic of the world that they're in. And, you know, there's some again, very shallow relationships and sort of developments that, you know, he has the best friend played by Lil Rel Howery, who's basically a security guard who doesn't buddy. really, I'm not yeah, your buddy guy, but, <laughs> I'm not your buddy guy uh, who doesn't challenge sort of um, the sort of the, the concept yeah. in the world that he's in. He's just, you know, blissfully he just goes ignorant. about his business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then again, he follows his code, man. What I think this movie is trying to do is a little bit confusing in terms of its messaging, because it's a film that essentially is looking at the YTT character as somebody who is, you know, they don't have to be the head of a gaming company. They can be a studio exec if you want to put it into movie yeah, terms. Any one of a big company. Yeah. And, and sort of not wanting to take a chance on something original and only working from existing IP or rebooting something. And then on top of that, you have, you know, these indie gamers who want to take that chance and believe in the audience that they're hungry for something new and original, which is basically, you know, their version of the Sims almost. Um, yeah, and, kind of. and you have that being kind of discussed or sort of looked at within a giant corporate, you know, studio film, Yeah, yeah which yeah. again, I just, I don't know if it, if it really kind of gets to the point of that, of like anti-consumerism and, and sort of, corporate dominance in a no. movie that is a major corporately funded by Disney production. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. it's, it's such a weird sort of message. I agree with you. And there's a couple of things that I don't want to spoil that just feel totally tacked on that completely like ruins what you're saying. Like in, incorporating these few things that they do completely, I feel like diminishes that message that they're trying to kind of do throughout this whole movie. Um, yeah. You know what? Like, I think this is perfectly fine. And I was saying this to other people, like it is, I, I think all those movies you referenced, whether it was Lego movie, they live uh, Truman show who framed um, Roger Rabbit, or, even. who framed Roger Rabbit, wreck it, Ralph, all of those movies do this better than this movie does. Except I would say that this movie does it better than space jam a new legacy sure yeah this, all, this movie almost feels like an art house movie compared to what uh space jam a new legacy is like it actually feels a little bit more controlled and focused and it's not completely a a splattering of ip um sort of all over the screen and and sacrifice sacrificing narrative this movie is very predictable and serviceable in its elements, but it's never anything that like feels like I, I, I didn't feel like Drek watching it the way I did with space jam with and new space legacy. Jam, yeah. Cause with the IP stuff that feels really lazy in space jam and just tacked on and looks like bad Halloween costumes. Like we're talking about, like there's not a lot in here that does that. That's why there's a few moments, which I just previously uh, reference that happen, you know, in the last act of the movie that feel completely out of place. And just because it seems like Disney bought Fox that they were allowed to put those in the movie, but then they don't establish that throughout the movie. Like I would have been almost more okay with it if it took a more ready player one stance where people had items from different video games or universes that they were allowed to use in this game. Um, but I said it both like coming from the gaming side of things, because again, I've been a, you know, uh, an avid, you know, video game fan since I was, it was probably my first passion, even before movies. What I thought were that was Photoshop like, was your first passion. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I loved video games from a very young age. I owned an NES when I was like super young. My uncle showed me a Sega Genesis, like way too young to even play this stuff. And I remember just being this super young kid playing Mario and grew up and loved Super Nintendo and then loved Nintendo 64. I was a Nintendo kid through and through and then played Grand Theft Auto 3 and got into more adult games and stuff like that. Not adult in a weird way, but like mature games. Rated Um, M for mature. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, so I, I, and I still to this day, I mean, I just appeared on, on kind of funny, which they've branched out into film and, and, and TV content, but they started as, you know, a bunch of guys who worked for IGN, the biggest, which IGN is featured in this movie multiple times. Um, as a gaming um, website and IGN, I was obsessed with IGN when I was younger. Like I, I had the, I wanted to use my parents' credit card to get the, like the premium membership. So I could watch videos of the new WWE video game before the, it was released and the countdowns and things like that. So I've been obsessed with video games for a long time. We did an hour long, I did an hour long monologue on the last of us part two and eric just happily kind of smiled and nodded as i like uh was just there for the ride and had no idea what i was talking about i've talked about the last of us tv show and and wanting video game movies you know to you know match some of the stuff we've been getting in video games but it just quite hasn't gotten there so you know a movie like this the concept of an npc essentially becoming self-aware or sentient and like realizing that they're in a video game should be really, really cool. Like, I think that's a cool idea. Like I've sat and played Grand Theft Auto and you know, you, you punch someone in the face or you see someone going about their day. Like there's whole YouTube videos of people that just follow NPCs around like Chris Nolan's the following and like, like literally just follow them around and watch their lives in these games to see how they program these non-playable characters and see how realistic their day-to-day life is. And I've always thought like, that is a cool idea is to take that and go, let's play with that a little bit. Like what happens if they became like, I'm in a video game and how, how that would play out and how this plays out. I feel like it both nails a lot of those video game elements and then completely whiffs on them in like a you know, my dad talking about video games kind of way. Like I love my dad, but like, again, he likes games. He likes racing games and things like that, but he doesn't, you know, like he, he, you know, he's trying to have a conversation with his son. He'll try to talk about video games, but he doesn't really, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but he just doesn't know what, you know, he's not a gamer. And then, so like, you know, maybe, you know, Matt Lieberman and, and Zach Penn are gamers. I don't know, but like, well, Zach you Penn's can... also a video uh, is a comic book guy. I mean, he's yeah. also kind of known like before the MCU kind of became what it was. He was a main writer on a lot of those movies or a script doctor on a lot of those yeah. films. Yeah. So maybe they are. And you can see that a lot in here with like, you know, I think they really nail the Grand Theft Auto online-ness of that whole thing and just the chaos of an online video game and maybe not even some of the toxicity they don't really get into. Which they is, do a little uh, bit about the idea of like yeah. people like Ryan Reynolds is, is guy kind of wanting to be a nice person and not necessarily sure, do, do the things but, that yeah. you'd expect them to do with, with toxic game dumb and fandom in, in general. But I understand like they don't really dive that deep. No, into it's it. very, it's pretty surface level. It is a big plot point to what you're, what you're saying. Cause the whole thing is like, maybe we don't have to just go in and kill each other all the time and shoot everyone and, and just cause chaos all the time. But I think they really capture what grand theft auto online kind of is. And then that, you know, you have, 
IGN featured. You have a uh, uh, huge video game streamers like Jacksepticeye and Ninja and Pokimane and Laserbeam and other people that pop up and like comment on the videos, and they just feel weirdly like like I, I love that they included those people. But it just, well, again, that's it, the it, Truman Show cable yeah. guy thing where you're seeing you know the audience interact with what's yeah. going on, and then that, also bringing up the ethical quandary yeah. of you know what is the responsibility of a conglomerate if there is an AI that becomes aware you know do, do you yeah. terminate that like it's a life now right like that's yeah. another conversation that this movie or is it right like that's yeah that kind of is like, having even if it is yeah. surface level yeah and and the way that they get you to connect with it is that they sh- like you again they don't have it completely cg you do see that when you're in the human world quote unquote but then when you're in f- uh free city like it looks like a real city when we're in there with ryan reynolds guy and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so anyways i think like at times they really nail the video game elements of the chaos of it all and the leveling up and going to do missions and and having your home base with all your cars that you've collected and all your weapons that you've gotten like they really nailed that in a way that i haven't seen in a movie before where you're like oh this feels like i am in a video game but then there are other times where whether it's a piece of dialogue or how they showcase you know the one nerdy guy who's yelling at his mom kind of thing and like um who has a there's a great cameo in the movie that we won't spoil but like well, there's, uh, a, there's a few there's a, there's a few a, yeah. there's a few really good ones but one specifically i'm talking about and we've talked about this offline where we almost wish that person was the lead instead of ryan reynolds and i'll use that to kind of go into my point of like which i sort of brought up during hitman's wife's bodyguard of like i like ryan reynolds i've always thought like you know his shtick worked for me for a very long time uh a lot when I was younger because I was like I liked his sarcastic kind of humor um, but as I've grown older I've just like kind of gotten tired of his shtick and I feel like I just we're getting the exact same Ryan Reynolds that we've gotten in a hundred different things and I just want something a little bit different and I feel like maybe in this like yeah he could have popped up somewhere but like I feel like you needed someone who could give a little bit more with this character and show the different sides of it more where I just like, I'm just getting Deadpool again. I'm just getting any other Ryan Reynolds character. You're getting Van Wilder. Uh, Yeah. Like I'm just getting the same guy since, you know, when he was on a sitcom and two, two guys, a girl at a pizza place. And then it was just retitled as two guys and a girl. Yeah. Like I just, it's the same performance over and over and over again. And I, and God bless him because it's worked for him and like, you know, he keeps, he keeps doing it. But, um, I just, in this, especially, I'm just like, man, it's just the same thing. And, um, I think the closest we've gotten to him doing sort of something outside of the norm, or at least kind of playing against that a little bit or, or playing sort of up the idea that he's not what he appears to be, but kind of is presenting that Ryan Reynolds quality is in Adventureland, where there is yeah. a little bit of uh, kind buried, of buried, I guess. Too. Yeah, buried. But like with Adventureland, like his character is like, okay, he's the cool kid that you kind of want to hang out with or aspire to be like, but then you get to spend time with him and learn that, okay, well, maybe he's not the idol that you put on that pedestal to begin with. And, and yeah. that's, I think the closest time that I've ever seen him kind of play something a little bit more, something more that it's just one dimensional or kind of riffing on like the Chevy chase kind of thing that he's been doing for so long as well. And it's just like your, your mileage for this movie will vary. If, if you're still on the Ryan Reynolds bandwagon or train, 
you will probably enjoy this maybe a little bit more than both Matt and I. If yeah. you're kind of starting to get a little bit sick of him or or haven't been a fan to begin with, this isn't going to win you over. No. Um, it's going to probably irritate you more, even though he's maybe a, a, a tad dialed down compared to Deadpool sure. or, or, you know, the hitman's wife's bodyguard, which we talked about where like, it's just nonstop yelling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. And then when it goes to, you know, your points of the action, you know, set pieces, they are, you know, fun at, in moments and, um, they get to play around with, you know, in this video game world to have some spectacle that you wouldn't normally, um, be able to see and i think that's kind of cool and that's where they kind of nail those video game elements but um i don't know like all the stuff outside with joe Keery and and uh and stuff like just didn't necessarily kind of click with me like the emotional kind of element there um didn't i didn't love taika waititi either like no taika waititi I, is better in the suicide squad than he's yeah in this and he's used obviously very sparingly yeah. in the suicide squad but what's also kind of distracting about some of that outside world stuff is that it treats like for for a film that is touching on tos toxic masculinity within yeah. the video game world it does treat uh jody comer's character um yeah, millie millie with a certain amount of disregard when it comes to her intelligence and specifically her how you know, she sees her relationship with uh, the Joe Carey character and sort of how yeah. that kind of plays out, because obviously you can see the writing on the wall and there's a moment halfway through the film that kind of spells that out. And it's like you can like you don't have to be, you know, uh, a Casanova to understand it like you get it. And then when it has this kind of like epiphany kind of moment near the end of the movie, you're just like. Man, the script really does do this character a disservice Dirty a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, just kind of feels a little bit like half-hearted, especially when you're trying to tackle the subject of sort of toxic fandom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it doesn't go deep enough into all of that. So um, I don't have much else to say other than like, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, I went in, no, again, like I, I didn't think the marketing for this movie was great to the point where I'm like, I, I just don't know about this. So I will say that I was, surprised at how okay the movie is um and i i like i don't think that it's unwatchable or anything i just think it's perfectly fine and i think those movies that we talked about where it's kind of taking elements from all of those and kind of putting it in a video game lens um you know it doesn't work as well as you know it worked in the truman show uh many years ago or it didn't work as well as the lego movie already did it and or that wreck it ralph already did it and like i just feel like those movies are doing similar things but use ip better they use a main character better like a guy is is emmett from the lego movie right like it's just what Emmett goes through, I think, is way more interesting than what Guy does in, in any of these movies. And I think that, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I think, are, are, are better filmmakers than Sean Levy. But um, and I think they bring, you know, that extra something to it where I just feel like this plays out perfectly fine throughout it's mildly enjoyable and to your point of however you feel about ryan reynolds you might skew a little bit more positive or negative but everything else i just felt mostly indifferent watching it like i just i was like yeah it, it's fine it's enjoyable i guess and um it's it's kind of an apathetic experience overall where yeah. like watching it i didn't hate it either and I just felt like, oh, it's 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 fine. Um, it didn't get on my nerves in any way. Yeah. I think it does 
kind of what it sets out to do, even though the messaging of the film with the corporation stuff does get a little bit muddy. Um, if you kind of know who it's coming from and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, it's just, it's, it's a little bit weird and it's kind of preachiness. Um, and, and again, it almost feels weirdly hypocritical, but if you're looking for something on Disney plus down the line, you don't yeah. necessarily need to see this in theaters, but if you know, you're having a lazy Sunday afternoon and this is on Disney plus or Disney plus star in Canada, throw it on like that's the yeah. kind of recommendation yeah. i would give to this film it's it's perfectly again serviceable yeah i i totally agree i think i'm a little bit more mixed negative than you but like i i i again i think it is a perfect streaming movie um where i feel like I, anyone was like if someone messaged me and they're like oh free guys on on disney plus now should i watch it and i'll go if you got nothing else to do, you got sure, nothing to lose. I'm like, just throw it on. You might enjoy yourself. Like there are a few moments in there that are are kind of fun, but um, I re- dude, I wish we could talk about the the thing that I really didn't like. But there's some IP stuff in that last act that just really. There's a great gag with one of them, kind of. Um, but those things just really rub me the wrong way, especially it, with what you're talking. It about. does feel a little bit kind of last minute added to the script because this is this has been a script that's been around for at least since 2016 and so i wonder if you know this was around the time if you know when it was fox uh 20th century fox if they had had the script at that point or like when re-edits or or uh sort of you know script doctoring was done you know once the merger was made between Fox and Disney to kind of change that because it does feel like some of that is shoehorned in last minute or like was done in sort of even during production. Um, So again, I almost just wish that this movie was just a little bit more clever. Like that's all I really want. I don't want a great movie. I'm not necessarily looking to this as like, Oh, this should have been more than what it is. I just kind of wish that it was more clever in the way that it plays with like the set pieces sort of, bringing both the live action, but integrating some of the, you know, video video game game, uh, animation into that. And I think that that's the strongest stuff in the film. And it does do that here and there, but yeah, nothing really like, again, it it perfectly hits that serviceable level. It's a lazy Sunday afternoon watch. I'm going to give it a two and a half. I'm going to give it a perfectly middle of the road three. Yeah. My two and a half is still like not the worst thing in the world. Like I, again, I, I could, I would watch some two and a half movies. It's just like, yeah, you might have something else that you could watch. That's right. That, that's my uh, take on it. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, if you like this, we have many other reviews that you guys can check out. Uh, you guys can check out a review for James Gunn's the suicide squad, uh, which you guys can listen to right now. Uh, we also have some other reviews for uh, David Lowry's The Green Knight. We have Jungle Cruise, speaking of Disney, uh, Stillwater, Zola, um, uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Jorigens, M. Night Shyamalan's Old, uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions, F9, A Quiet Place Part 2. So uh, lots of reviews for you guys to check out on this channel. Um, on our 97th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast, which is a separate channel we would love for you guys to go subscribe to. It's our flagship show that we're back on a weekly schedule for. So every Monday you're getting a new episode of that. Um, 
uh, a friend of the show, uh, Tim Getty stopped by for the first time, uh, from kind of funny. So he, uh, Eric was out, uh, with a migraine. So, uh, um, oh, it was a bad uh, one. Uh, so Tim jumped in and we talked about the state of the movie industry and different things like that. Um, really uh, fun conversation. So go head over to the 97th draft to check that out. Uh, Untitled movie conversations is our interview show. Go subscribe there. Uh, Untitled podcasts over on letterboxd where we put all of our uh, rankings and, and, and reviews and, and other such things. So go check that out um, as well as drop us a review. If you would be so kind, uh, thank you for listening. As always, my name is Matt Roybeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Roybeck. And I'm Eric Martian. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Uh, until next time. I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy guy. I'm not your friend guy. Should you go see free guy? Eh. Uh, eh. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>